Welcome to the Build Your Life Coaching Biz podcast, where you get to learn how to become a professional life coach and start an online coaching business from scratch. I'm your host, Krista Kathleen, a professional certified coach and spiritual business mentor. In 2016, I got divorced and left my full-time job as a registered nurse and decided to bravely answer my calling of becoming a life coach so I could help to change lives as I traveled around the world. And now I wanna help you discover your purpose too. Having the freedom and flexibility to be your own boss and make as much money as you want right from your laptop will be one of the best gifts you ever give to yourself, your family, and the world. In these episodes, I'll give you real coaching combined with proven strategies and spiritual practices in order to help build your dream coaching business that feels perfect for you. All right, everyone, this is going to be a big episode because I officially drank the ayahuasca five days ago. And I've been so excited to share with you all what came up during the ceremony and what the experience was like. But I also wanted to give myself a little bit of downtime after the ceremony to continue processing. And I had a therapy session and a past life reading and so I just wanted to let my thoughts settle for a little bit before I came on here and recorded this. And I also wanted to have my notes in front of me because I took a ton of notes the night afterwards, but I'm on my next Freedom Friday trip for the month of August. I am going to visit my old college town in Columbia, Missouri. I went to the University of Missouri called Mizzou. Some of you may know it, a school known for journalism, but I went to nursing school there. And yeah, I'm just visiting a couple of sorority sisters and I'm going to just have a new experience in the town. I mean, when I think of Mizzou, I think of partying and drinking and sorority stuff and studying. And I want to start to kind of have like a a different relationship with it and just see what Columbia can offer me without all that stuff from 20 plus years ago when I went to college there. So yeah, I'm, I'm driving for the next hour and a half and thought this would be a perfect time to dive into what my first ayahuasca experience was like. Um, I had a lot of people reaching out to me this week, wanting to know more about it. I was like, I'm going to pour it all into the podcast. So I'm going to begin with the prep because in the last episode, hopefully you guys can listen to that where I talk about like getting ready for the ayahuasca. Um, I talked about the dieta that they recommend that you do to clean up your diet and eat really clean foods and not drink alcohol and not have sex and not do caffeine. So that way you can really like enter the ceremony as a clear channel and not like have all these other energies attached to you. And I was really nervous to do that prep. It kind of reminded me of my back in the day when I was a bikini bodybuilder and we had to eat super clean and it was just, it was really hard. It was really torturous. And yeah, so I was a little bit apprehensive, but I actually really enjoyed the prep. 
a lot more than what I thought I was going to. And I was just worried that with not being able to eat meat, I was afraid I was going to just feel really like weak and lethargic and constantly hungry. But I was surprised with all of the the plant-based foods that I was eating. Like I actually felt really strong and I was like having better bowel movements. And just so you know, guys, I'm going to get really into like the details in this episode. Like I'm not going to hold back. So you're going to know all about my bodily things that came up during the ceremony, before and during the ceremony. So we're going to get very intimate with each other. Um, But yeah, I was kind of having some issues with my bowels for the longest time. And I realized that I was eating too much meat because I like to lift. I like to put on muscle. And I actually just watched this doc. My, I was telling my therapist about this and she was like, you should watch this documentary on Netflix called The Game Changers. And so I just watched it last night and it's all about this myth of how we need to like eat more protein in order to perform better endurance wise and athletics and to put on muscle. And um, it was, it was interesting, like the different studies uh, that they were doing different research of how much, you know, eating meat leads to cancer and, and how much it reduces blood flow in the arteries and weighs us down, bogs us down, decreases our energy. So I am on like this whole new mission now to eat more plant-based foods, maybe, you know, either once a day or every other day eating something like chicken or fish or eggs. But yeah, I really, really enjoyed the prep for the ayahuasca. And I'm grateful that like I had that challenge because I was like telling myself, oh, I'm not going to be able to give up my meat. I'm not going to be able to give up my caffeine. And I just like have felt the best that I have felt in a really, really long time. And like I said in the last episode that the prepping for the ayahuasca is almost just as important or maybe even more important than the actual ceremony itself. So yeah, that was, that was a pleasant surprise prepping and preparing to go in for that. And then the actual day of Saturday, it it was hosted in this log cabin about an hour outside of St. Louis in someone's home that had volunteered for us to do the ceremony there that knew the shaman. And there was two shaman leaving the ceremony, one one female, one male. And like I said, I had worked with them before uh, at a cacao ceremony at a yoga studio that I sometimes attend. So I trusted them and I was a little nervous, (laughs) Um, you know, just like, where are they getting the ayahuasca from? And it's coming so far away because remember it originates from the Amazon. And I was like, are we getting the real deal? Are, and then I even made a joke at the processing circle the next day of, you know, I didn't know if you guys were giving us the real stuff and maybe you just put a laxative in the tea or something. And everybody was laughing when I said that, but uh, no, I'm, I'm a complete believer after the experience that I went through. 
just just still blown away by what happened. So on the way out there, you know, Kyle, my partner, decided to do this with me. And I was a little bit apprehensive about that. But ultimately, I am so glad that we were able to do it together. And we did some healing and processing together and some stuff on our own. And as we were driving out there, we got in a big fight. And I could just feel all this stuff like bubbling up to the surface that I wanted to like say to him that I had been too afraid to say. And there was a part of me that was like, Krista, now is not the time. Don't do that. Like I knew Kyle was so nervous going to the ceremony. And so I was like, Krista, don't do this. Not now. But then I also had this other little voice in my head that was like, you have to trust what's coming up. And this is probably the medicine that's already working. And so I let that voice lead, which I'm really glad I did. And I just like, like said these really mean things. <laughs> and he was so hurt, but like, I had to get him off my chest. And then the crazy part was a few of the things that I said, I was like, realized that they were even not my own thoughts. And that they were actually my mom's thoughts, um, which that was fascinating to witness that happen. And, you know, sometimes that can happen where we hold on to and, and carry beliefs or thoughts or feelings that we think are our own, but is actually not our own. So I knew that the ayahuasca was already working and that I was meant to release that before going into the ceremony. And the next day I did like apologized to Kyle and shared. And I was like, you know, thank you for listening. And I'm going to be honest, some of those things I told you actually weren't even true. And I just felt like I had to, to get them out of me. Um, so that was really fascinating. But um, <laughs> so we, we walk into the, the log cabin and there's already a couple of people there and it was in this like beautiful lake and it was so serene and and I'm like crying as I'm walking into the cabin. And one of the girls there was like, can I give you a hug? And I'm like, yes, please. And I'm like, wow, Krista, what a way to already start the ceremony. And <laughs> I was kind of judging myself, but again, like it just, I couldn't hold it back. It, and, and that's what happens when I'm around healers and I'm in healing spaces, like they just pull the emotions out of me and I just automatically start crying. And that's always a good sign for me too, that I'm like, okay, I know that these are healers. I can always tell right away. So um, we put our stuff on the floor and they, they didn't want Kyle and I to sit by each other because they're like, you guys can't be too close to each other or touching because you'll like do each other's processing and you'll be too distracted. So we had to sit across the room for each other. And there was this one spot that was like calling to me. And I was like, I have to be in this spot. And so we set up our sleeping bags and I brought my journal and my crystals. And then we had about an hour to relax. And I sat outside by myself by the lake and, and was just journaling like a crazy woman trying to get everything out of my head so I could be present and focused. And hold on, I am going to pause this here. I have someone that is going to call me and then I will return back.
Okay, I am back. I had a little phone conversation with someone and then I stopped to get gas and go to the bathroom. I pee a lot because I drink a ton of water every day. <laughs> so I'm ready to dive back into the story. So I last left off with, I was journaling, I was outside by myself, uh, feeling just lots of emotions and feelings of you know, not knowing what to expect with this ayahuasca. Um, it was a very nerve wracking experience of like, I just want to do it. I just want to get it over. But also I didn't want to go into it with that mentality either. And I wanted to enjoy it and be present. So finally, they called us to come inside and we sat down in the circle and there was six of us participating. And I'm fairly certain that all of us were working with ayahuasca for the first time. I'm unsure about one person, but for the rest, I know we were. Um, there was two men and four women. And... Yeah, so the like I said, there's two shaman. I think they're both Peruvian, and they had their whole like setup at the front of the circle, like all the crystals and the jar of the brown liquid which contained the ayahuasca, and um, like just feathers and rocks and rape, which is ceremonial tobacco, and I don't know. I, I should have taken a picture. Well, actually, I don't know if you can take pictures of the ceremony spaces. I was told that at my peyote circle that you're not supposed to do that. But there was just there was so much up there that they had uh, all musical instruments because they were going to be playing live music all night long. So they had their whole and they were, you know, they they look the part as well. They were wearing the outfit and what I later learned, the chufi belt that you wear around your waist to protect yourself from not taking on any energy from the people that you're healing in the circle. And yeah, it was just a really, a really neat setup. And so we're all sitting in our circle and they're going you know, to take us through a guided meditation to ground and relax us and and then they explain about ayahuasca and how the night is going to go. And they said, we're going to do two doses. And then an optional would be a third dose. And that we would probably get done with the ceremony around like maybe three or four in the morning. And that we were starting, we think we ended up starting the ceremony around 7 p.m. at night. I don't know. Like, you don't have your phone with you. You kind of just lose all track of time, which is the point of, it is the point of that. And so, yeah, so we start off with, I, I don't know, like, this part, like, kind of feels a little bit like a blur. Pro again, probably because I was just so like, oh, my gosh, this is happening. Like, I've been thinking about this for five years. And my whole body was like excited and nervous and again just not knowing what the experience was going to be like and in a room full of strangers essentially and not knowing what Kyle's experience was going to be like so as you can imagine there was just a lot going through my head so this part is a little bit of a blur but I do remember them calling us up each individually in the middle of the circle 
and saying like, are you ready to accept the medicine? And then you say yes. And then um, the Shaw woman, I don't even know if Shaw woman's the correct term, but I don't feel like it should be Shaw men for women. <laughs> but um, then they pour the ayahuasca into the little cup and, you know, they bless it first. And then you, you set your, oh, I remember. Okay. We did go around the circle and we said our intentions out loud. And she said, you know, you don't have to say your full intention, but just speak some of your intention into assist into existence. And so I had said mine, my two were to heal my back pain and understand what was causing all my back pain with the scoliosis. Cause I felt that there was deeper reasonings going on than what I was aware of. And then my other intention was to remove the blockages in my relationship with Kyle. So we could continue to let the energy and the healing unfold. But these blockages have been getting in the way for a while. It was a little awkward saying that out loud while Kyle was there, but I also, they also said, you know, just literally just trust anything that comes up for you in the process, in the circle. Don't doubt it. Don't hold it back. It's supposed to come up. So anything that was like coming to my mind, I just let myself be vulnerable and share it. And I wasn't worried about the consequences or anything like that. And then, yeah, so we each went around and stated our intentions. And then from there started, each of us started drinking the ayahuasca. Uh, I was a little nervous about the taste. I've heard some people say it tastes like, like motor oil. And I think different brews have different flavors. Um, but this one was, I was actually pleasantly surprised. It had a really like rich, earthy taste to it. And it reminded me a little bit of cacao. And I drink cacao almost every morning now. And I, so, and I hadn't been able to drink it in the past week because that's one of the things you have to get rid of um, because it is, it does have like natural caffeine in it and you're not supposed to have any caffeine before the ceremony. So I really have started to like crave and love my cacao and I was missing it. So I, I enjoyed the taste, not fully, but <laughs> as much as you can enjoy you know, just something that's completely from the earth and very raw in that way. And I just drank the whole cup. I thought you were supposed to drink the whole cup. I found out later that some people only take little sips and that's okay too. So I, I threw some, I thought it wouldn't work as well if you didn't drink the whole cup, but yeah. And then as soon as I drank it, like they said, go back to your spot. And they said, you need to sit up for a little bit because if you lay down right away, like the medicine can like really overtake you and become really overwhelming. And they recommend that anytime you feel like really overwhelmed on the medicine to sit up, there's something about sitting up that like reorients, reorients you and grounds you. So they wanted us to sit up for like about 10 minutes and I could already like feel like my stomach churning and like making all these gurgling sounds. And I, I just kept telling myself like, okay, keep, keep the medicine in, keep the medicine in for as long as you can. And not that I was like going to throw up, but you know, you can just tell like it was, my body was like, Oh, what is this? What did you put inside me? And, and the medicine's trying to figure out where to go. And and, and when we were in our peyote ceremony, the shaman told us that as well. He said, you know, you may feel an urge to get sick right away. And he's like, 
as much as we do want you to purge, we want you to try to keep the medicine in for as long as possible until it is truly time to purge. So I just kept saying, I just like breathe and say, relax and say, okay, let's keep the medicine in. Let's keep the medicine in. And then I laid down and put my eye mask on and was just, okay, like, what it, when's this going to start taking place? And I just had like a million different questions. And um, I think it was probably maybe about 30 or 40 minutes where I started to get the hallucinations in my mind. And I just, I just it wasn't really anything significant. I just started like seeing, it's almost like kind of watching a cartoon in your mind and you just start seeing things and it was like flashing and happening really quick. And a lot of it wasn't making sense to me. And and that happened with the peyote too. And so I just was kind of like, okay, I'm just going to watch the show and see what happens. And um, so, you know, that was kind of entertaining. And then the, the first wave of nausea started to come on and Oh, and then in addition to that, I, I couldn't stop yawning. And so I was like, okay, I know the purging is happening now because uh, yawning is one way that you'll purge to move energy. And it wasn't like a, a full yawn and it wasn't a tired yawn. So I knew it was a purging yawn. So I did lots and lots of yawning. And then, yeah, the nausea started coming and I, I knew I was going to eventually throw up but I was just, you know, I was resisting it. I, I didn't want to be the first person in the group to throw up and come to find out later on, everyone else was thinking the same thing. But guess what? I was the first person to throw up. And I, I just giggle at that now. And I was laughing at it when it happened too. Because And then when I told one of my friends about it afterwards, he's like, yep, sounds like the universe wanted you to be a leader in that way. And I was like, I know. I already knew. I already knew I was going to be the first person. <laughs> So sometimes you just have to laugh at it like that. And again, like, I remember the next day, Kyle was like, did you throw up? So like, everybody's like, so in their own place and in their own head, that it's not like everyone's just like sitting there watching you throw up, you know, like most people don't even remember hearing it. And it wasn't a lot either. It was just a little bit. And we all have our buckets by our side. And I remember like being worried, like, am I going to fill up my entire bucket? But you also have to fast for at least like four to six hours ahead of time too. So that way you don't purge a lot of food and it's not really uncomfortable. So I was really grateful that, it, I mean, even though I was so hungry going to the ceremony, I was grateful that I didn't have a lot of food and liquids in my stomach. Um, and so, yeah, it was interesting. And the, it was really cool because the shamans, you know, they said at any time, like, if you're, if you're ever having any difficulties, like, just raise your hand, we'll come over, we'll support you, we'll help you work through it. But every time I was struggling, like, they sensed it. And when I, right before my first big purge, like, they came over and they were, like, spraying stuff and they were sitting by me and they were playing music and as a way to, like, to keep the energy moving. And, and it was just really nice to know that like they had my back and someone was there to help me work through and I didn't have to go through it alone. And um, let's see what happened after that. And then, and then, and then I felt a million times better after that first purge. And it was really interesting because they say to look in your bucket, you know, which kind of sucks. You don't want to look at your puke. <laughs> Uh, remember, this is not like 
ordinary puke. This is like special puke. <laughs> and you have to look in your bucket and you say like, what did I release? And so I looked at my bucket and I could tell like physically it was like, it was brown. So it was like part of the ayahuasca drink, but like energetically, I was looking at it from that perspective and it didn't, like it felt very neutral what I released. And so I remember thinking like, oh, this wasn't mine. I released something that was inside of me or a part of me that wasn't mine. And that, that ended up being like the whole theme for me for the night. And I've learned to realize when I release something that is a part of me and something that isn't a part of me. And that was really cool to start to understand that difference. And when I did the MDMA ceremony a couple months ago, I threw up three times during that ceremony. And every time I knew exactly where the purge was coming from in the body. And I knew that it belonged to me. So I felt that that MDMA ceremony was helping me to purge things from within me. And then this whole ayahuasca ceremony was purging things that were in me, but they were not from me. And you just, you, you just know, you know, the difference. And so It was really interesting because the next day when we were processing the girl who was next to me, she just was so peaceful on her mat all night with her little eye mask on and curled up in a little ball. And she was just sleeping most of the night. And, you know, there's a part of you that's like, man, I want to, I want to have that experience. And it just seems so peaceful. And I mean, who knows what was going on inside her mind. But I also, there was a part of me that wanted to judge it and be like, oh, well, she's not, she's not doing as much work as I am, which, you know, that's not true at all. (laughs) But she did tell me, she's like, yeah, there was one time in the night where I thought I was going to get sick. And then I looked over at you and you started getting sick. And then I felt better afterwards. Um, So the shaman told me that I might have actually ended up purging for her, Um, which I was like, okay. I'm not sure how I feel about that, but it is what it, maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but I just, I think that's interesting. And then, um, nobody else is purging. So I'm like, gosh, like, what the heck? Why am I the only one? And again, there's all kinds of different ways to purge, but you know, I was definitely like the loudest and most expressive. And then there was a girl to my right that ended up, um, I could tell that she was getting ready to go through a big purge and then she ended up like vomiting as well and had to do a lot of breathing and the shaman had to work with her for a while too. So it was like, like so grateful, like, okay, there's other people <laughs> who are working through stuff too. I'm not the only one. So I felt grateful for that. And then it was time to take the second dose and I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it, but I was like feeling really good at that point. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'm ready. Let's do this. Oh, and then there was at some point, I think it may have been after the second dose that we took the rape and they came around to each one of us and they, it's, it's ceremonial tobacco, but it doesn't have any of the chemicals in it. Like, you know, cigarettes do, and they blow it up your nose and it's a little bit uncomfortable at first and, and you're like coughing and spitting and hacking up, but then it's just so grounding and it opens up your third eye and it's, it's very peaceful. And I always feel so connected to my guides and my angels afterwards. And 
my head was tingling a lot. And I know when my head tingles that my spirit guide, Margaret is with me. And um, so I, I really learned to enjoy the rape and it's a, usually a part of most plant medicine circles. Kyle really enjoyed the rape and intuitively, I just knew he was going to like it. And so then we take the second dose. I drink the whole thing again. And the second time was much better. I mean, I was like physically uncomfortable a majority of night of just being on the floor because my back hurt and then not knowing what to expect. And I was getting bored. And then there was at times where the music was just like so annoying and there was just a lot going on. And, um, but I didn't really feel nauseous. I didn't really have any major purge, just more yawning. There was times where I would like pass out for a little bit because I was getting really tired at this point. And then they ask, they go around, they're like, okay, now's the time for the third dose. I'm like, yes, sweet. We're almost over. We're hitting all these milestones. And then they said, check in with your guides if you're meant to take the third dose. So I said, spirit guy, I already knew what the answer was going to be, but I was like, am I meant to take the third dose? And they're like, yes, you are. And I was like, shoot, <laughs> I was hoping I could be done, but for some reason they want me to take it. And now I know why I was meant to take the third dose. And so I, I drink that and not everyone took it. I think everyone except one person took it. And then, um, yeah, so I didn't really like feel a whole lot for like the first hour after that. And I was like, okay, cool. I think, I think we're done. I think I, I got through it and I made it through my first ayahuasca ceremony. And I was like patting myself on the back and really proud of myself and feeling relieved. And I remember like asking the shaman, like, I'm just curious, how much longer are we going to be in ceremony for before it ends? And I really wanted to go upstairs and sleep in one of the beds. And I was just tired and uncomfortable with being on the floor. And he was like, oh, we have probably about 30 minutes left in the ceremony. So I was like, great, I'll just wait it out till then. And then around like 4 a.m., they turn off all the lights and they turn off the music and everyone is like, just completely passed out at that point. And all of a sudden, I feel this anger start to surge up inside of me. And it started like kind of gentle. And I was like, Oh, this is weird. Where is this coming from? And then it just like, got out of control. And it was so fucking intense. And I was like, I was just about ready to call the shaman over for help. And luckily they came over and I was so embarrassed at first because again, like everyone's like sleeping. I'm like, Oh my gosh, everyone's like trying to sleep. And I know I'm going to be really loud, but I have to get this out of my body. And it literally felt like a demon was like trying to escape out of my body. And it was anger. It was sadness. It was grief. Like just all of those dark emotions that we normally don't sit with. We don't let ourselves feel. And, you know, they say you need to feel to heal. It was so uncomfortable in my body, but I knew like, this was the reason I took the third dose and that the medicine was like working full effect at this point. And later on the shaman told me that she thought 
the reason that it was happening at this point of the night was because they had turned off all the distractions for me, like the music and everybody kind of like, you know, being awake in the room. Like that was really my quiet time to do, do the deeper work. And it took maybe about 30 minutes or an hour of purging so many different deep, deep emotions inside of me that again, that weren't mine. And the shaman was, I kept telling like the shaman, like, don't leave me, don't leave me, stay with me until I, until I get through this. Cause this is really big. And she's like, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to be here with you. And she was like working on my body, removing energy and like, like shaking me and massaging me. And I'm like dry heaving. I thought I was going to throw up again. I did not. Um, I'm yawning. I'm like sobbing. I'm saying things out loud The the shaman the next day was like, man, we, you know, we wish you would have been even louder and more expressive. And I was like, oh gosh, I already thought I was being disruptive enough. But again, like the medicine just wants you to get it out. Um, and I knew that this purge was part of it was from when my parents went through a divorce when I was three years old. And I think I had been carrying on some of their pain this entire time. And it's why motherhood has been so emotionally painful for me the past three years. Um, so I was really happy to be able to like understand what my parents went through and to release that. And then again, like, you know, I'm getting ready to become a mother again for the second time. And my partner and I are going to start conceiving soon. And I really believe that I had to go into this ceremony before conceiving as to release like what was no longer serving me into my next phase of motherhood. And so I felt that I could not carry on this trauma and this pain from my parents of when they got divorced, when I was, like I said, around three years old. So I released that. And then I also released a lot of Kyle's pain as well and did some processing for him. And it was really interesting because while I was going through this big purge, that's when he went into the bathroom and had his biggest purge. And I was really grateful for the separation because it just, I don't know, I just felt like we need to be separated at that point. So it's just crazy how like divine that was and how that worked out. And I was like really scared that he was going to be annoyed at me. But then later on, he said that, you know, he's like, it was so hard for me to hear you go through all that and just see how sad you were. And I, it just meant a lot to me that like he cared, you know, a lot. I could tell he cared a lot and um, he, you know, he didn't want to see me in pain and 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 the shaman just kept telling me like it's not it's not yours it's not your pain you can go ahead and release it now you can go ahead and move it it's not yours it's not yours and um yeah so uh it was so incredibly hard to go through that but i cannot begin to tell you how much lighter and how much better i have felt this week after releasing that um, I've been smiling more. I've been, well, not the first day, the on, well, Sunday, I mean, we were so tired. We just pretty much just slept the entire day. I was kind of just numb <laughs> on Sunday. 
And then on Monday, I was annoyed the whole day. And they said, like, you know, a lot of interesting emotions are going to come up for you um, then over the next couple of weeks. So again, don't judge them. Just be with it. Just reach out. And so I was really annoyed on Monday. And then after that, after I got through that, then um, I have just like felt so much better. And people have even commented and they've been commenting on both Kyle and me. They're like, man, your energy just feels different. I just feel lighter. I feel like my skin is glowing. I feel I've like been smiling more and laughing more. And I am like so excited for the future. There was so many things I was like so anxious about the future and um, now I'm like genuinely looking forward to it. And it, again, it just really tells me that like, in order to move forward with your goals in life, like you have to release the shit and you have to go through the mud, right? Like the lotus flower before you can truly bloom and blossom, you have to rise up through that mud first. And so, you know, ayahuasca is not a walk in the park by any means, but I do think it is necessary to heal that stuff and release it to live your best life and to just be able to like fully connect deeper in your relationships and with your purpose and with yourself and heal your soul. And I am just so incredibly grateful for the experience. And I know this is not going to be the last time that I work with ayahuasca. Um, I'm already like thinking about when the next ceremony will be, but of course, like if I'm pregnant, then I can't, can't do ayahuasca then. So, you know, which is fine with me. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to rush it either. And I'll know when it's time to do the next ceremony and I'll just keep microdosing, you know, with psilocybin in the meantime and, um, drinking my cacao every morning. So I can keep working with the, the plants in a more gentle way to keep integrating healing and um so yeah the morning after the ceremony I sat out by the water and I did a lot of journaling so I wouldn't forget anything and then we went around the we did a processing circle and they served us some light breakfast oh and I had this hunger headache oh my gosh this dehydration and hunger headache all night long that was so hard to because normally I'm like I just want to take Tylenol ibuprofen and I couldn't and so I had to deal with that all night long and they said too that a lot of that is because I'm so cerebral and I need to practice like just moving my body more releasing more and oh something else that happened during the ceremony was recently I went to my OBGYN to do you know my yearly pap smear and all that and they, it came back that I had some abnormal cells again in my cervix, which I've been dealing with this for probably like at least 15 years now. And I mean, I had had a couple of colposcopies where they take some biopsies and there's just always like abnormal cells that won't go away. And I've had to get the vaccine, the HPV vaccine. So the virus doesn't express itself. And I've just been like, just been a little concerned about it. Like, I feel like there's something missing here. There's, I've been like feeling lately that I, I don't need to carry this virus in my body anymore. Like there's not a purpose for it. Maybe there was at one time, but there's not anymore. 
And so during the ceremony, the ayahuasca told me to put my hands over my womb. And she said, you know, we're going to heal this together. We're going to, we're going to help you to heal this, this virus out of your body. And I'm kind of thinking too, like, to probably get, you know, the virus out of my body too, so that my baby doesn't have to be (laughs) exposed to that or deal with that. And I remember feeling a little bit doubtful, but also just trusting that, you know, say trust the medicine, trust the medicine. So I put my hands on my womb for a while and just let the Reiki flow. And then shortly after that, I went to the bathroom. And when I went to the bathroom, I noticed a blood coming out. And I was a little shocked because I like wasn't, you know, finished my period like a week ago. And I knew that this was from this was releasing part of the virus. And I don't know if it's all gone. I don't think it is. I, I have the feeling that I need to do a little bit more work around it. And I explained that to the shaman the next day and she gave me some recommendations to like, you know, do like yoni eggs and to do like more ecstatic dance and to honor like more of my feminine energy and to do um, like swamping where you, you, you do like sacred rage circles essentially where you're just like yelling and screaming and moving your body and releasing energy that way. And I've signed up for a couple of those circles um, so I can, you know, really honor my sacred rage And I think that that is the missing piece, that that is going to help completely heal and remove this virus. And it'll be, I mean, the ultimate test will be when I go back to my OBGYN and, you know, they'll do more tests to be able to actually see where we're at with that. Um, Let's see, I lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? Oh, but then I told the shaman the next morning, I was like, I think this virus is has to do with the patriarchy and I feel because right men and women both have HPV and it's usually from sexual encounters but men don't normally express symptoms for HPV and women do Um, which is maybe it's a good thing I don't know but it just the the intuitive message that I was getting and I'm going to trust that's correct was that this was like this virus inside of me was like the patriarchy trying to take away my power. So by me getting more into my divine feminine energy and and really moving my body is going to help to heal this virus. And I'm really, really excited to go on that journey moving forward. (laughs) So I'm, I'm so curious for anyone who's listening to this right now, like, if there's parts of this that are resonating for you or inspiring you, or you're like, Krista, you are out of your mind. You lost me like five minutes ago, 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago. I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, yeah. And if you want to send me a voice message, um, I tested it with one of my listeners the other day, so it does work, but I'll include the link um, in the show notes and you can leave me a little voice message and I would love to hear from you and If you have questions, I'm more than happy to answer them. Or if you just want to like share your thoughts, I would love to hear you because I'm over here just being like, I have no idea what people think, or maybe you have been through ayahuasca before, worked with plant medicine before, and you just want to share your journey. So whatever you feel called to share, I'd love to hear from you.
All right, hold on. Let me take a quick little drink. So, um, yeah, so now the, the post-care, post-ayahuasca care, um, I scheduled a massage this week with an intuitive healer, and I did a therapy session, and I did a past life reading, and then I have a colonic session next week, and I'm just trying to, like, let my intuition guide me on what to schedule to continue to help me to process and release. And, you know, they say that the medicine still continues to work inside of you after the ceremony. And um, I wish that I wouldn't have booked so many calls on my calendar because I really just wanted to like spend a lot of time in nature this week and just have like a lot of quiet time. Um, but I am still like in the middle of my launch for the Born to Coach Train Academy. And then I also interviewed all the scholarship winners this week. So I think for the next ceremony, I'll make sure to give myself at least like a good three days after the ceremony of not having any calls, like not any like sales calls or client calls. And I can just focus on myself and schedule the appointments that I need to. But otherwise, I've been sleeping really well. I was really scared that I was going to like, after I did my MDMA ceremony, like my veil was really lowered and I felt a lot of like bad and negative energy and spirits in my house. And I didn't feel that this time. So that made me happy. And I heard some people that after they do ayahuasca, like they started seeing spirits. <laughs> and I didn't really want to see, <laughs> I told them, I was like, I don't, I thought I wanted to see spirits, but I don't like maybe in the outside world, but not in my house. Like that's just too scary. And I really like want a safe space in my house. And so <laughs> I was, it's been okay. It's been fine. Um, I think that's it. I, I don't know if I have anything else. Um, oh, things have been really good with Kyle and I this week. We've had some really good conversations and I really have felt a lot of the energetic blocks that were there before. I felt that they've been removed. We've been getting along so well this week. It literally feels like we did 30 years worth of couples therapy in one night, um, which is so fucking cool. And I can't wait to do another ceremony with them. And I actually like created like a relationship agreement. And on one of the things I put in the relationship agreement is that we'll continue to do like energy work and plant medicine work together. So we continue like can evolving and growing as a couple. And he was so down for it, which is so cool. Cause he used to be like just so resistant to all the spiritual stuff before and it's been so hard to be patient with that. And it's not that like he has to believe and do everything that I do, but I'm like, there are some things that like, you know, I want to be able to enjoy and do together as a couple. So yeah, I think that's it for now. Um, I'm sure I'll do like maybe another follow-up episode as more comes up and more is processed, but I think that's good for now. My head is feeling really full and I'm almost to Columbia. So um, thank you again for everyone who takes the time to listen to my podcast episodes. It, it just makes me really happy knowing that 
you are interested in hearing my story of just, you know, building a life coaching business, a coach training company, um, becoming a more enlightened version of myself. Oh, that was another big thing too. A message that I got was that my, my processing is a gift to the world because, you know, I was really nervous of how loud I purged and processed during the ceremony and the feedback I got from everyone was like, oh my gosh, no, we were there like worried about you or we were like inspired by you or, <laughs> and then I do a lot of processing on this podcast. And sometimes I'm like, you know, should I be like teaching more in this podcast, which I think I am when I process out loud, I am teaching too. And, and that was like the message that I got was like, no, my, my processing is a gift to others. So I am just really grateful that you all like receive my processing and this is a safe place to process and hopefully inspires you to process in your own way too. And I will see you all in the next podcast episode. I'm so grateful that our paths have crossed at this time. And if you're ready to up-level your coaching skill set and learn how to confidently coach at the transformational PCC level in order to help your clients get bigger breakthroughs and better results, then join our Born to Coach Training Academy at buildyourlifecoachingbiz.com forward slash certification.